0: my name is Kyle Hastings and I will be sharing stories and talking with everyday people who will encourage will inspire and will motivate throughout my journey of life I've been very lucky to meet many beautiful people with amazing stories of transformation and growth and is here to bring out the best of you enjoy the show Another Inspirate Podcast. This is Kyle Hastings. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. It's been several weeks since we released a new episode. We've had a very, very busy October with sports, kids' football, kids' volleyball, just trying to get the family stuff dialed in. Uh, Crazy, crazy month. But what we have coming up, we have brand new podcasts that we've recorded. We're going to be editing and we're going to be releasing. Uh, Starting with tonight with Jill from B3 Fitness. Coach Jill has been one of the major factors of myself and my wife Sarah's big success is learning what Coach Jill had to offer through uh, nutrition, through the exercise science. She is awesome. We have a great Q&A session of some questions that viewers sent in as well as ourselves that I had a lot of questions asked too. Now we have Coach Jill tonight, but in the coming weeks, we have Dale Holstie of Priority One Travel. It's going to be a very, very interesting conversation. Do's and don'ts of travel, uh, booking with a travel agent, what uh, values you get with a travel agent, and we talk about just uh, life as well. We have another podcast after that with Marcus Sullivan. Marcus Sullivan was an eight-year NFL lineman. We talk about his uh, rise to college in the first part, going from a high school athlete to a collegiate athlete. And then the next episode after that will be about going from college to the pros. And then what happens after the pros? What happens when the crowd isn't cheering for you anymore? It's going to be pretty interesting. But we're going to start right now with Coach Jill from B3 Fitness. We're going to do a ton of questions and answers, some interesting topics. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspirate Podcast. I ask that you give us a rating. You like us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on whatever podcast player you listen to the Inspirate Podcast on. Give us a good rating and a good review. Two weeks ago, I was officiating a high school football game because it's one of many things that I try to get myself over-involved in, is officiating high school football and I took a shot to the ankle and I injured my ankle and I was pretty certain that I broke it. Who did I call? I gave Dr. Christopher Vittori, a Vittori foot and ankle specialist, a call at his Homer Glen location, but he has two locations, Homer Glen, Illinois and New Lenox, Illinois. Dr. Vittori took some x-rays, gave a very comprehensive exam to my ankle, to the soft tissues around it, as well as examined those x-rays like it was a uh, the school final he really did a good job looking see if there was any fractures and there wasn't thank you so much to Dr. Christopher Vittori at Vittori foot and ankle specialist and Homer Glen location for making sure that my leg was not broke that I just had a severe bruise he has expertise in ankle sprains bunion treatments diabetic foot care neuropathy and more the team at Vittori foot and ankle specialist which is also with Dr. Amit Thakrar They deliver effective and targeted treatments. The team is committed to creating a safe and professional environment where patients can feel comfortable addressing any of their foot and ankle concerns. To learn more about the podiatry services at Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist, use the online booking tool or call the office to book an appointment today by calling 708-273-7080 and visiting them at thevittorifootclinic.com and liking and following their Instagram and Facebook pages. Cool. All right. A second. Well, we have Coach Jill from B3 Fitness back, and we're going to do something totally different. We're going to talk. We're going to see what's new, what's going on. There are many, many new clients that you have. I have a few that I do check up on. Uh, and we have, I think you're going to, I don't want to say their names, but a couple new, uh, poster children that, that are going to blow Sarah and I out of the water with transformation and fitness. You just have a brand new one that's signed up and you have one. And I, uh, Marcus, cause we were, we just, we're talking about you on the podcast. So I could say Marcus and you, you've got big Marcus on. And, I do. And Marcus I do. is just tearing it up. They're and- doing awesome yeah yep so a lot of excitement but what we wanted to talk about we like i'm schizophrenic i got multiple personalities <laughs> i have this problem i keep saying we. we yeah we so what i want to talk about are some question and answers so over the course of the last year and a half i hear all these different fads and these myths and what some of the dieting fads are or training fads or supplemental fads and and that's what exactly what they are they're not science-based So I wanted to talk to you about that. I wanted to bring you on and learn more about fitness fads, dieting fads, these lifestyle fads that are completely controlled by social media.
1: Let's debunk them. Let's do it.
0: We're going to talk about all of them. And we have some questions that people did send in as well. Awesome. So these are some things that I do want to learn just for myself. I drink, and we're at the kitchen studios, and there's a slapping of the water of the dog. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) But I drink the Zoas. Yes. Okay. When you look at the back of an energy drink, okay, there's certain ingredients on there that you want to see, you don't want to see. I think I'm getting pretty good with reading them and I know exactly what I'm looking for, what things I don't want to see. What are some of those ingredients for like the Bang or the Zoa or uh, any one of those energy drinks that are very popular, they're low calorie to no calorie, but they have a lot of ingredients in them.
1: So I think when it comes down to energy drinks, number one, you gotta be careful when you have them. Um, You don't wanna have them within six hours of bedtime. It can interrupt your sleep, even if you're somebody that has a relatively higher tolerance to caffeine. Caffeine can still interrupt your REM cycles. So you wanna make sure that if you are having it, that you're having it within six hours of bedtime. The other thing is, is when it comes to those drinks, you have to look at the root cause of why you're drinking them. If you are needing artificial energy, The best supplement that you could do is go to bed earlier and get seven to nine hours of sleep. So just a little preface to that. Um, If you're finding yourself living off of energy drinks, you really want to look at the root cause of why. But when it comes to ingredients, you have to be careful about those limits of caffeine. So those bangs usually have something like 320 to 380 milligrams of caffeine which is an insane amount. What is that
0: compared to a cup of coffee? A cup
1: of coffee, I think, is like 70 to 80. Really? So Yeah, so you're talking like four times as much. The Zoas are a little bit better, but there's there's different um, caffeine levels. So you want to watch that because that can really cause jittery, um, jittery heart. You can get a racing heart. You can get spikes in your right. blood pressure. Um, and some of the things that will cause that they can still be the natural things like the green teas, the ginkgos, those things in there, the um but you also want to watch artificial sweeteners. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with artificial sweeteners in moderation, but it does depend on how much you're drinking them. A lot of times the sugar alcohols can cause upset stomach, they could cause bloating and gas and all sorts of um digestion issues. So if you're finding yourself having any of those, the first thing that I would tell somebody to remove is a energy drink. So I'm not against them. Um, you know, a lot of t- it depends on what stage you're in if you're right. in a fat loss phase. A zero cal- calorie energy drink might be something that would help um, with cravings and help fill your belly up and give you a little energy because um, fatigue is a side effect of dieting. But it's also just not as good as doing the real thing, which is probably if you're requiring them is to get more sleep.
0: So you you brought up the caffeine Mm -hmm. and I'm a caffeine junkie. I'll drink a pot of coffee throughout the entire day, but I'm also the size of a brontosaurus. (laughs) And so is there a like an equation like you're the size of my leg Mm -hmm. for you to have like a cup of coffee? Versus me to have a cup of coffee. Is there a difference between like body mass? It's almost like alcohol, Yeah.
1: And it's also one of those things too, though, you do build up a tolerance to it. So if you came off of caffeine for say three to five days and then reintroduced it, you would get more energy from less caffeine. Once it's out of your system and you reintroduce it, you kind of desensitize your body to it. What happens is, is when people need it and it's because they build up a tolerance, just like alcohol. Right. So if you're finding yourself needing more and more caffeine, it's because you're building up that tolerance to it. You kind of, you, if you could take it out and then introduce it back in, you would actually get more energy from less.
0: So it's almost like you, you want to use it as uh, what they call pre-workout
1: nowadays. Correct.
0: So the difference between a pre-workout and having a cup of coffee.
1: A lot of money. Pre-workouts are just very, very, very fancy forms of caffeine. There are sometimes there are some um, brands that put, you know, some vitamins in there or some BCAAs in there, but technically a lot of athletes and a lot of people that do bodybuilding and things like that you can get the exact same energy from taking like a caffeine pill that you get at Walgreens versus buying a $40 thing of pre-workout.
0: So I can have with
1: less a
0: quadruple espresso.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would be fantastic and it would actually be better for it will have less ingredients than an energy drink cuz it's just the beans or it's just the coffee versus having all of those synthetic and artificial sweeteners. So coffee is one of the best pre-workouts. That's what I've been using lately. I do use Pride Nutrition's um, Dominate Fruit Punch. Um, It does give, for me, I feel like it's got more caffeine in it and it'll give me a little bit of a boost if I'm tired, but I always have it in the morning. And then I don't have caffeine after about noon. So, but coffee is probably the most excellent pre-workout.
0: So with having a pre-workout versus coffee. Now, I drink coffee and then I do a pre-workout. I just ended my my container of it. I did notice that I get like the the pricklies, the yes. tinglys. My hair feels like they're, it's going to stand up.
1: That's usually from the pre-workout.
0: And what is that is that caffeine or is that no, like one of the amino acids? No. Those are some
1: of the there? other ingredients that they put in there. Some of those um there's a few brands that have actually they've made them not legal. <laughs> Um, because they had such high amounts of that in there. But um, those are some of the other ingredients in there. But that's also some of the things that give people the racing heart and the jitters, right. which is why you have to be very careful. So I would not recommend drinking coffee and taking pre-workout. I would recommend for someone like you that's built up a tolerance, you would probably get some headaches. Um, you would probably feel well, a little withdrawal. withdrawal. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you came off of it for three to five days – then you would might only need your coffee as a pre workout versus needing both of them. Really? Yes. I would I personally would not supplement with that much caffeine because the crash is yeah is rough.
0: That you know, that makes sense because I am dead by eleven, twelve o'clock. Now granted I'm up at four, but by noon, eleven and I thought it was always because of I needed fuel. I needed to eat. And the way I spaced my meals apart is like, I'll wake up at 4, and we're going to go over the my meals right now See sure. say exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. So I have 100 grams of oatmeal, of steel-cut oatmeal. Okay,
1: that's I, a lot. Yeah. And
0: I have 133 grams of frozen blueberries. Yep. I'll throw it in the microwave, warm it up for like three minutes. It's beautiful. It's delicious. It is. It's the best. <laughs> my fave. And then I'll have a cup of coffee yep. with breakfast. Perfect. Then I go to the gym. I'm at the gym by 5, but 30 minutes before the gym, I would have a scoop of pre- pre-workout. I would have a scoop of creatine. Great. And then I would have my water, of course. Yeah. I would probably have sixty-four ounces of water by the time I got to the gym. I already have two souvenir cup sizes. And for anyone that's listening, a souvenir cup is thirty-two ounces of water. Just so if someone yeah. ever wants to know that it's thirty-two ounces water. So I'll have two of those by the time I'm, I've left the gym. So I'm overhydrated. I got enough water in me. I get home from the gym and then I'll have my breakfast. I'll and then. Or no, I'll have a post-workout shake. Mm-hmm. So I'll have, I'll have my protein shake with a scoop of glutamine in there and a scoop of creatine. And then, well, here's lovely.
1: So we are we on our Sarah second? Sarah comes
0: downstairs once again.
1: <laughs> are we on our second group of this is second post-workout. scoop of creatine?
0: Yes. Because yes. you really
1: only need probably about five milligrams. Really? Yes.
0: So that's roughly a scoop? Yeah. So I'm just peeing it out? Probably. Interesting. So do I have that creatine pre-workout or? Post-workout.
1: Actually, it doesn't matter. Um, there's been studies that have shown it really doesn't matter what time of day that you take it, as long as you just take it consistently at the same time. Yep.
0: So I take it before 7 a.m. I get home from the gym. I'll have a scoop of protein with almond milk, and then I'll make my breakfast. And I'll I'll have three Kodiak pancakes. I'll have four eggs uh, over hard, or I'll scramble, a light scramble, but they're, hard, they're hardened. Mm-hmm. I'll have two tortilla wraps, uh, the low-carb. Um, I think we have them over here, but what, what are those called? I'm asking our executive chef here the the tortilla wraps, carb balance, the yep. carb balance. Those are the best. And then I'll have three sausage links of the turkey sausage links, and then I'll have uh, 66 grams of peanut butter on the pancakes. Oh
1: wow, 66. That's amazing. That's huge. <laughs> no, but now, granted, though, I
0: have to have so my my nutrient my macronutrient oh, counts yeah. are like 320. I think I'm going to bring For it us up for
1: little you. ladies, those numbers sound really really it's, high because like if you get 16 grams of peanut butter as a serving, 66 oh, sounds amazing.
0: How depressing is it to know how much peanut butter 16 is? 16 grams
1: of peanut butter when you first weigh it out is pretty soul crushing. Yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. teaspoon. It is. Yeah, and yeah. it's not what you think sad. a teaspoon no. is. <laughs> it's
0: literally a teaspoon you even it off the it top, is. It you weigh is. It off the it's top. It is. It's sad. So, but so I have that and then by noon I figure that I'm crashing because of um, because of the the lack of food in my system that I'm burning it off. But it could be because I've had so much So caffeine. my
1: challenge to you is to, you're up early, you eat and you have your coffee, don't do pre-workout.
0: Well, I, I don't have it, so I'm not.
1: Good. So okay. my challenge to you would be to see how you feel at noon if you don't have the coffee plus the pre-workout in okay. the morning. You might not crash
0: but then i still have the coffee after workout is that bad too no
1: i okay. no cuz coffee has significantly less caffeine okay. than the pre workout so okay. and that would be a little bit later so no i would say the coffee before and the coffee after yeah. still doesn't add up to probably what the pre workout so well how much time. is yeah. in the
0: how much is in the actual pre workout for it, caffeine it, they're all different you would have to would look, have to
1: look it up yeah
0: so my, but so,
1: that's what they're meant to do they're meant to hype you up
0: So this is where I'm at right now. I'm at 310 grams of carbohydrates... I'm at 138 grams of fat and 265 grams of protein, which comes out to 3542 for calories. Yeah.
1: And everybody, just remember that it all depends yes. on you personally. So don't use anyone else's macros because they're not going to work for you because everybody is different.
0: Yeah. It's everybody's a lot different. Yeah. And my activity level is different. Yeah. And my yeah. body type's different. And my exactly. body size. I'm a different person than right. you, or a different person than Sarah. Yeah. Or, or Marcus, you know, we were talking about that. I'm like, we can't compare because we, we're two different people. We, right? We have two different activity levels. Yep. And it's completely different. So, so yeah, that's what I'm doing with that. And I always thought it was because my food, my, I was crashing. Like I try didn't, it. I am. Let's I'm gonna see do it how tomorrow. it is. Well, Let's I'm going to give it
1: a week of doing, um, doing the just the coffee with no pre workout okay. and see how it goes.
0: I will do that. Yeah. All right. Cool. So it's the caffeine part, the creatine part. Yeah. It's probably the most studied supplement. It is mm-hmm. on the planet. Now, when we were in high school, it started to, started to come out. It was called Phosphagen at the time. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. Uh, <laughs> it was called e- oh, EAS. was a guy named Todd Phillips, I think was his name, was the creator of EAS Supplements.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was like mm-hmm.
0: Phosphagen was the, was the cat's meow in yep. supplementation, and that was creatine. Yep. And so part of that was you had to load it. That was a big thing. I don't know if it was a marketing point, which probably was.
1: I think just science has gotten a little bit better too. Um, well, that was
0: twenty five years ago. Yeah, there's yeah. they
1: there is no need to load creatine. Um, they say that as long as you're taking three milligrams to five milligrams a day and you're yeah. taking it consistently, that you can it helps with muscle, it helps with power, it helps with memory even. So it has some benefits that have nothing to do with you know fitness. Right. Um, but it is the most studied. So really, men, women, everybody should take it. And Which, they do recommend that creat. You don't need the fancy creatines. There's a bunch of different kinds. Yeah. Creatine monohydrate. It's yeah. the cheapest. It's the most studied. And it's there's no reason to get anything fancier. Um, and you could buy a pretty decent-sized tub of it for like 15 bucks.
0: Yeah. So the big concern everyone has with taking creatine
1: is they get bloated. Yes.
0: It, is it truly bloat? What is it? I know what it is, but I want to hear it from... It's
1: actually... Uh, If you are taking creatine, they say that there's slight water retention and there's really not. There's not. No. That is another myth associated with creatine is that you're going to look watery. For bodybuilders, they say, you know, that's the term they use. Or you're going to look bloated and puffy. And if you took mass amounts and sometimes if you loaded, that may happen. But technically, creatine doesn't cause water retention. So that is another myth out there that you're going to... um, What it does is it actually... um, can increase your intracellular water a little bit um so you could go up like a half a pound but it's a little bit of water and it's inside the cells so it's not like you're putting on fat mm-hmm. so really but it's nothing to write home about like if you put on if you put on five pounds in a few weeks it's not from your creatine trust me it's not coming All right. from that
0: oh, good well I'm not I'm not worried about my five pounds right now. (laughs) I mean, you're like a horse and my strength is, I mean, it's really getting insane.
1: Maintenance is where it's at, my friend. Maintenance living is a lot of people are chronic dieters and they feel like if they're under eating, they're dieting, that they're doing something, I guess. Like um, they're paying attention. But really, maintenance is where you should be living 90% of your life. You sh- it's where people have the most problems. A lot of people actually do really well in cuts and they can get the weight off. They can't maintain it. Yeah. And maintaining is so difficult because you're trying to live your life, go to social events, navigate the holidays, and not put on weight. Right. That is more important of a skill than cutting because a lot of people can focus and restrict for you know quite some time. But learning how to manage right. and live and still enjoy is actually a much more difficult skill.
0: The the hardest part that I have found in the maintenance phases that I've had was the moderation of a meal, knowing exactly what it is. Because my vice is going to a restaurant. Restaurants are tough. Restaurants are horrifically tough. Now, yes, I have cool. it. It's called my, uh, hopefully I don't, I might have to mark this as a, a rated R because I'm going to say the F word. I call it my fr- my Friday fuckery. Wait, no, that's yeah. not even a bad word.
1: It's not. That's it's not, that's great. That's
0: fine. That's so, great. So yeah, so yes, I have my Friday fuckery meal. I love where that. I have a I have my triple stack. I have my three chocolate chip pancakes. Mm-hmm. I have it's either either three or four eggs, and then I'll have turkey sausage and I'll have potatoes. Now I know what the potatoes are just from knowing the weight and the serving sizes of what an right. actual cup of shredded potatoes are. I know on the most part what turkey sausage patties are. Based off, if I look at the size, I could tell based off the taste. I'm right. pretty good at that. Eggs are eggs. Okay. Over hard eggs are over hard eggs. Right. There's no screwing that up. Where I come into my fumble is the chocolate chip pancakes. Now, I have three chocolate chip pancakes, and the chocolate chip pancakes are right around the diameter of my hand. Okay. And I'll eat those with pride, and I'll feel like hell because I have such an artificial sugar rush into me that I didn't have all week but I usually don't have a lunch because I know how high that caloric breakfast is right and I'll have a protein shake
1: and here's the thing is you want to be able to live and you want to be able to enjoy food and a lot of times people say well food food is fuel and you should know every calorie and everything but it's about what you do 90% of the time not what you do that other 10% so Do I think people should track on vacations? No. Do I think people should track like on a holiday? Not really. Um, Unless you're in a dedicated fat loss phase and you want to. But what I do think you should do is be very mindful of your choices and understand what the healthier options are and the not healthier options are. And if you choose mindfully to indulge, so be it. Have fun. Enjoy it. Don't feel guilty about it. And guess what? Don't let it bleed into the next three days or right. the next week. Just get right back on track the next right. day. But you should never shame yourself for eating something that you really wanted that's right yeah. in front of you. Like have at it. Enjoy it. And then back at, you know, your regularly scheduled program right after that. So
0: Speaking about bleeding into the week. Yes. You had a, a awesome post today about today's November 1st. Halloween was yesterday. Get rid of the candy. Yes. And where does this day bleed (laughs) into the entire month of November, which bleeds into Thanksgiving, which bleeds into Christmas This is
1: where it happens. This is where everybody gains weight. It starts at Halloween. I actually have a huge bag of chocolate in my car. That's
0: what we're doing right now. Because I am taking
1: it to um, my son's school to donate it, and they give it to Catholic Charities because it needs to get out of my house. Um, Did I have a couple pieces yesterday? Sure did. Yeah. Enjoyed every one of them, but guess what? Not today. It's over. So what happens between Halloween and Christmas is everybody's on that January 1st mindset. I'll start then. I'm just going to do it then. And I'm going to enjoy myself. I deserve it. But here's the thing. If you are indulging every weekend, if you are going Monday through Friday restricting and then patting yourself on the back Saturday and Sunday for getting through your hard week, that is where people have an issue because you can't do that every weekend and expect to stay fit or get results. Can you do it on Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas? Sure, because they're weeks and weeks apart. A day here and a day there, Didn't you know, if people have 50 pounds to lose, it's not because they indulged one day here and one day there. They indulged a lot of days. And that's where you need to understand that you can still be social and live life and have fun and eat yummy food. It's just you can't indulge every time and treat every weekend or every party or every holiday as this huge celebration to just say, screw it, I'm going to just go off the rails. And between Halloween and Christmas, every single party, I'm going to eat all the things. And I'm going to eat the cheesecake and I'm going to have – five glasses of wine, and I'm going to have all the pasta and cream sauce. If you did that on one day, you could probably get yourself back on track. But if you do it every weekend, that's where people start having a hard time. So, yes, Halloween's over. Don't let it bleed into this week. Get rid of that stuff. You had some. You enjoyed it. It's over.
0: If you open up a cabinet in a kitchen or a bathroom cabinet, what are three say vitamins supplements that you would like to see in everyone's cabinets.
1: Number 1 is vitamin D. Vitamin D, we live in the Midwest. Okay, we do not get enough sunlight. Most people, I don't don't quote me on it, but it is a very high percentage. I want to say up near like 80% of people are vitamin D deficient in the Midwest. And that is due to lack of sunlight. And we are not outside as much. And especially in the last year with everybody working remotely from home and being inside and not even having to go outside of their house, we um, are naturally vitamin D deficient.
0: What does that do? What does vitamin D deficiency do? It's
1: immune system. It's, well, it's strong bones, it's your immune system. But you, people that, um, and especially in these times, I'll say the word, these COVID times, people that are vitamin D deficient tend to have worse outcomes. And get more severe illness from COVID if they are vitamin D deficient. There's a lot of studies out there. Yeah. So um, another one that goes along with that is zinc. So a multivitamin is going to give you a little bit of everything. Nowhere near enough vitamin D. So everybody needs to be taking vitamin D. Everybody.
0: Vitamin D and zinc.
1: Vitamin D and zinc. Hold on one second.
0: I've got my pharmacist in the other room. Pharmacist. Could you grab the vitamin D and zinc? All right. So oh, he's far, got I'm, one. I'm, I'm two for two.
1: Yes. And then um, there's a couple of other ones. The other really highly studied one is fish oil. Fish oil. And that is for your heart health. Um, so I usually recommend um, that I take Pride Nutrition's EFA. They're essential yes. fatty acid, omega-3s, omega-6. Um, so those are all of your fish oils. And they don't give you fish oil burps. Look at this guy. I'm super proud oh, of you oh, guys.
0: This, so this is right, these are what i take okay this is what sarah takes super pride omegas N- pride nutrition does have a fantastic yep. product but we were lazy and we did not order it so i just picked this one up yes and then this here i take and he's got his zinc
1: and he's got his vitamin oh you make me happy and that's so good yes um so those i mean those are the basics i do like I will go – a lot of people cycle on and off multivitamins. Again, it's kind of like the caffeine, building up a tolerance and then coming back off of it. Yeah, there's a lot – like um, some of the nutrition um, people that I follow that have their PhDs in nutrition, they talk a little bit about different – they don't even recommend a lot of supplements Um, because if you're eating a balanced diet, you're getting most of your nutrition. They're called supplements for a reason. They're supplementing your – Deficiencies.
0: You're, yeah. Yes,
1: but most people aren't deficient in very much um, if they're eating a balanced diet. So vitamin D is the one. You can't eat your vitamin D. You got to get it from the sun. Um, and then people of darker color skin actually make less vitamin D. So vitamin D is something that you have to supplement with. Um, but multivitamins... They, like I said, they just contain a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I will take a multivitamin just to kind of cover my bases, but it's really not 100% necessary. Um, but other than that, that's all I take.
0: That's it. That's it. Now, do you have, and when you're training, okay, now here she's looking for another treat. which us go over there. Uh, when you are in, so you're in more, are you in a build right now or are you in a maintenance?
1: I am in a, <laughs> Um, I was kind of building. Um, Currently right now I'm in maintenance. Um, It's hard. Building is hard. Um, Being in a 1% to 2% surplus and as a small female, putting on weight is something that I have to do to grow muscle, but it's also really uncomfortable. But yes, I am in a building phase. I'm just very, um, being very slow about it. Okay. So I am currently sitting um, probably about, 14 pounds over my stage weight, which is very normal. Um, But I probably have to even put on a little bit more to put on some more muscle. Muscle is really tough to build. Um, This is the longest off season I've had. It's almost a year and I don't plan to compete until next summer. So I am still just working on um, building muscle. And that requires lifting really heavy and eating a lot of calories.
0: What's the myth on building muscle? Because everyone says it's three pounds a month. It's five pounds. Ooh, it, it's There's less so, than that. Many, so many numbers <laughs> that are thrown out there.
1: I don't really go by numbers, but um, it's it, it's harder to build than it yeah. is to maintain. The only people that have a really excellent um, response are newbies. They call them newbie gains. And that is for people that who have never worked out before. The stimulus is so new to your body that... Um, you build muscle much quicker. So somebody that has never worked out before is going to build muscle faster than I do. Someone that's been working out for a long Mm -hmm. time. Doesn't seem fair, but it's true. It's not fair. It's not fair. So the more, it's just like with um, losing weight, the leaner you are, the harder it is to lose. Yeah. The more um, advanced of like an athlete you are, the harder it is to build muscle. So it's very expensive to your body protein synthesis and to make muscle. So you have to eat enough calories. If you're burning the calories, you're not going to make muscle. So I probably am hoping to walk on stage maybe one to two pounds heavier than I was a year ago. And that's about it
0: to ask what your stage what, when you
1: compete. What, what my
0: weight? stage
1: weight when so I am five six. My stage weight was um my first show. I'm anywhere between one seventeen and one eighteen on stage. <laughs> I know. It's it's very, very it's stage lean and it's not um sustainable. No, not it's for Hard one day. Um it is not sustainable. It's an extreme sport. Yes, I get very, very lean. Um but Usually people can, like bikini, um, a good 10 to 12 pounds or so, you know, above is your kind of your norm. So I'm only a couple of pounds, two or three pounds, like heavier than I usually walk around at. Um, But I'm trying to put on muscle, so I got to probably gain a little bit more. But when you are building muscle, you cannot just build muscle and not gain fat. Right. But people that bulk, if you're eating like garbage – You're going to put on more fat to muscle ratio if you are eating all the good stuff that your body likes and you have to be lifting heavy. So there's a balance of lifting super heavy, having enough calories that you're able to build muscle. Usually they say about um, you're going to gain about one to two percent of your body weight per month in a build. It's not a lot. You're talking, so when people are wow. like, oh, I bulked. I put on 10 pounds this month. That is probably mostly fat. You want to put on, for someone like me, maybe a pound a month. Smartly. pound One to two pounds a month. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. So, so
0: I've been lifting very heavy, like low reps, heavy weight. Mm-hmm. I completely flipped my program around. And I've noticed that I'm starting to get very top heavy. And to the point where my siblings are ribbing me. Saying that, you, are you going to do squats?
1: I was going to say, are you working legs, my friend? You I better am. have a leg day I, I in there. Why? Well, <laughs> I, I had to take two. Weeks, I've
0: had to take a week and a half off because I, I hurt my shin. And you
1: don't need to do squats to build legs, my but friends. I, I've so done you know. lunges.
0: I do deadlifts. I do A ton of deadlifts, yep. and my legs are getting very, very strong. Good, but unfortunately, my upper body is starting to bigger as well starting to get more wide my shoulders and back are starting to get wide
1: what's wrong with that oh there, yeah, there's <laughs> not but but I,
0: I i have noticed though because i'm at the 3500 calorie range per day which i it's 100 calories 150 calories less than i'm at a, a de- 150 calorie deficit just around there i think my i would have to eat 36 to 3700 calories to maintain
1: usually maintenance is a range so yeah yeah
0: but i've noticed that i have been getting bigger Mm -hmm. And it's been gradual since the original cut ended at the end of June. And it feels great.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times you can still do a thing called body recomposition. Right. And you can do that at maintenance. It's just painstakingly slow. It's just a very slow process. But I have clients right now, um, in particular, one, she is extremely athletic and she's in excellent shape to begin with. But she came to me to kind of tweak and optimize things and i can't wait for you guys i hope she lets me share her pictures she's only lost i think like 7 pounds but dang she looks like she could walk on stage what's she percent looks percent for so that? good
0: what do you think her what's the seven, what's 7 pounds for her what's that um percent? 7
1: pounds for her it's probably only like 5% wow 5 or 6% of her body weight but her composition has changed yeah. she looks so lean and so fit and her shape went from you know Fantastic, but a little bit, I don't want to say softer looking because she looked athletic in the in the beginning, but she is so lean. She's vascular. That's how lean she yeah. is. And she's hardly lost any weight, but her yeah. composition has changed. And that's what happens when you decrease things that, you know, are inflammatory to your body and right. you start eating less processed, more whole foods. There's no magic food. Yeah. There's no magic macro ratio, but higher protein is always going to help build muscle and spare muscle. And then taking out inflammatory things that you know. There's nothing inherently wrong with gluten. There's nothing inherently wrong with dairy. But if your body doesn't like those things and you remove them, there is something inherently wrong with alcohol. Everybody's body inflames to that. So when you remove those things and you do it consistently over a decent amount of time, you're going to get recomposition too.
0: It's awesome. What's good to know about the vascular? Yeah. Like I'm starting to vein out. I'm starting to... Yeah. The leaner
1: you are, the more veins you're going to get. It was awesome. So... Yeah, but you can also, like you were talking about, you know, um, certain body parts. You cannot, when you are in a fat loss phase, people are always like, I want to lose this part on my belly here. You cannot spot reduce fat. It will come off where it wants to come off of. And unfortunately for ladies, sometimes it comes off in your chest. And sometimes it'll come off in your booty. And a lot of people want it off their midsection and it's the last place to go. So when people say, how do I get this off? And it's get leaner because you can't pick where it comes off of. However, when you train, if you want to build muscle, you actually can bring up body parts that are lagging. So in bikini, we do a lot of delts and glutes because they want an X shape or an hourglass figure. So you can train specific body parts to bring those up if you're doing very, say you want a bigger quads, more quad focused stuff on your legs leg day. So with fat loss, you can't really spot train or spot lose, but with your training and your weight training, you can bring up parts that are lagging a little behind. You just gotta have the right programming.
0: So what is different types of programming for different types of people?
1: So that's a big question. Uh, um, let's classify
0: so, different programming. Yeah. Of that might that might be an easier. So there's different.
1: Push. Um, you can do there. The hypertrophy has been shown to hypertrophy is uh, muscle building, and that has been shown in all different rep ranges.
0: And programming means workout.
1: Programming means your workout, your training, your exercise program. So when I do someone's training program for B three Fitness, it's all based on their fitness level, number one, and what they have available to them. So it could be done in the home, it could be done in a gym. But when people are at home, if they are getting very fit and they are getting very strong, they do have to graduate at some point to gym equipment. You can only get so strong with dumbbells and um, bands at home. You're going to eventually have to lift weight. That's the only way to hypertrophy a muscle. Hit classes, um, boxing classes, uh, Orange Theory, those kind of things are not going to hypertrophy muscle. And when you hypertrophy or grow muscle, that's how you change your physique. So those things are fun. And they're awesome and they're great for your heart and they're great for your lungs, but they're not gonna change your body shape. You have to lift weights.
0: Believe it or not, Palermo's of 63rd Street has many healthy options on their menu if you are trying to stay disciplined with your diet. But Palermo's of 63rd Street also has Chicago's best pizza, recognized as Chicago's best. Thank you so much to Palermo's of 63rd Street to being a sponsor for the Enspray podcast. Palermo's authentic Italian food made with quality ingredients and unique sauce has attracted vast attention and praise for their sweet and distinctive qualities. Palermo's 63rd Street has three locations to better serve its customers. The original location at 63rd and Hamlin. Plamos of 63rd in Frankfurt at 446 South O'Grange Road. And Plamos of 63rd in Maryville, Indiana at 2893 East 81st Avenue. Visit Palermo's of 63rd to get all three locations' phone numbers at www.palermo'sof63rd.com. When you call and order some of those healthy options, or if you want to get one of the beautiful pizzas with the fantastic sauce that's recognized as Chicago's best, tell them Kyle sent you. With two locations in the Chicago cell suburbs, TM Tire is both a passenger car tire and a commercial truck tire sales and service shop. Their friendly staff will be happy to quote you on any new tires, which also includes sales and service of semi-truck tires. To all of our truck driver friends, TM Tire also recaps and sells semi-truck tires. After you receive the quote from the Crestwood and New Lenox, Illinois locations, Tell them Kyle from the Enspray podcast sent you, and you'll receive five dollars off the labor of every new tire purchased. So when someone signs up for a HIT training, which is like an Orange Theory mm-hmm. or any one of those group circuit style mm-hmm. lifts, is that more of a cardiovascular calorie burn type of workout versus a a muscle build workout?
1: A hundred percent. It will not build muscle. It's not heavy enough. It's not done with proper rest periods, it is all cardiovascular. Um, Usually the weights are very low, the reps are very high, it's done for like a minute on the minute or something like that. It is purely cardio. And the thing is, is if you... A lot of people pay attention to what their watches say about how many calories they burn. Number one, they're completely inaccurate, so please don't listen to them. And number two, you can go out to your car and have two or three handfuls of trail mix and eat back those calories in two seconds. Right. So you can't exer- out-exercise a bad diet, and you don't want to give a lot of credence to calories burned um, because your food choices can completely erase that. You, All of your – I don't think – A lot of people think that exercise has a lot to do with fat loss, and it really doesn't. Um, It has more to do with your body composition. Nutrition is all about fat loss, and your nutrition honestly has to do a lot with your muscle building. So when it comes to the fitness in general, people need to pay so much more attention to their nutrition. I think we've gotten in the weeds a lot when it comes to the right training program, the right this, the right that. There's a lot of ways to do that stuff, and you're gonna get results from it. Um, not the Instagrammers that do the weird, like, balancing stuff with bands around their stuff. That's <laughs> just stupid stuff. You're yeah. gonna hurt yourself. But basics are the best. Your compound movements and your hypertrophy movements, like your more isolated movements with weights. You don't need to do all of that stuff like orange theory and hit and all of that, unless you enjoy it. If you like it, that's great. It's great for your heart health. And I would never tell anybody not to do an exercise that they like. However, you need to be resistance training.
0: So the the measurables and I and I try I look at things in the scientific and thanks to you I look at things in the scientific realm. I look with a scientific eyeglasses that I can measure almost perfectly my ingestion what i'm eating i can measure it i know exactly what it is unless i'm in a lab there's no way of measuring what my caloric output is zero i i could sit here i could wear an apple watch and a Fitbit on both arms are gonna give me two different times they're gonna give me two different calories correct i have to be hooked up to machines in a lab at some awesome university right that would be the only way that i can get a proper readout of what my true caloric output is at certain heart levels right it's not going to happen in an everyday Joe's gym. Nope. But what, where it will happen, what will happen is I can go in that kitchen and I got my food scale and I got my measuring cups and I got a, a fantastic executive chef called Sarah that's walking downstairs <laughs> shaking her head in disgust at me. <laughs> Those are things I can control. Exactly. And it's the basic phrase of control what you can control. Yep. Don't worry about the other stuff.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And so that's like one of the biggest things we were talking with. We got another friend, Kelly, that, that she's just kicking butt to, and she's on fire with it. Oh, yeah. And she, we were telling her, control what you can control. Right. The the stuff that's outside your world, got to let it go.
1: You have to. Worry or else about- they, you get too, again, caught up in the weeds. Yeah. You, don't major in the minors. There's so many people. And it's because there's so much misinformation out there that people get so hung up on, like, what supplements should I be taking? Honestly, you probably don't need any. Other than vitamin D. You really don't need any. Um, What pre-workout? What BCAAs? What gym should I go to? What class? What this? There's so much being bombarded at us through social media that people don't know what's truly important and what's not. And honestly, I can tell you it's your nutrition. Hands down. If there's one thing that you have to prioritize above all else, it's what you are putting in your mouth every day. And you don't know exactly what that is until you start tracking it. It's, it's hard and it's meticulous and it's boring and it can be kind of a, you know, pain in the butt. But it is the only way that you can really realize where you're at.
0: It's the hardest thing about weight loss is being accountable to yourself. Yes. The yeah. hardest thing, period.
1: You're popping those little Snickers bite size yeah. from the Halloween bag pretending like they don't matter. And you just had an extra 600 calories and you were eating your salads all week you know and then you wonder why it's not working insane i know reality check
0: <laughs> think i didn't have any bite size <laughs> yeah yesterday i had two of the cookies and cream mini bars there were 70 calories a piece
1: yeah but you knew that i knew it my my kids are allergic to peanuts so they can't have any chocolate pretty yeah. much so we always have bags and bags of chocolate and then uh I give them away because you want I cho- can,
0: you want chocolate here. No, I can give you one. No, you sure? no, 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 no. My no. temptation. I'm here.
1: good. I had mine yesterday, sure? my we friend. You got something here. I had mine yesterday. We do I, have a I like recipe the, um, in the crock 100 pot. Grand.
0: Oh, but we we're talking about those yesterday. Oh, they're so the 100 good. Hundred grands. Those are Kevin Speed's favorite bars. Is a hundred grands.
1: Oh, they're so good. Mine's but I did eat. also have a small Reese's like egg. Oh boy. But but then I got to go upstairs and like wash my hands and brush my teeth and like do all that because my kids have peanut allergies. So we never have peanut butter in the house. And so they were all asleep and I had it. And then I had to go like completely douse myself, you know, and get everything out of the house because they're uh, they both have severe. Well, two wow. of my three have severe peanut allergies. So, oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Worry about the little ones.
1: Worry about the little ones. So it, now all the peanut stuff is out of the house. So I gone. guess it makes it a little easier on me. I can yeah. say no to Sour Patch Kids and Twizzlers. Those
0: know? are horrible. I can't do those. <laughs> yeah. But chocolate's my vice. Oh, yeah. Chocolate's the a tough one. Big time vice.
1: Chocolate's a tough one.
0: We, so yesterday I was having a great conversation with Marcus. Marcus Sullivan, who's going to be one of the upcoming podcasts as oh, well. Oh, good. We were talking about, because we're, we both fall into this category of a former high-level athlete. Former college athlete. He was a pro athlete. Yep. And... What we had to do with our our at the time in the 90s, now it's completely different. But we had to put on weight, and we had to get big, and we had to get obnoxiously strong in yep. a fast period of time. And then all of a sudden, it stops. Stamp of a finger, yep. it's Done. And then we're caught into a rut. We're we're caught into a period of what do I do? I don't really don't want to lift anymore. I'm sort of burned out of lifting. But we're also talking on how that happens in everyday life for a lot of people where they go into a, a hyper-focused stage for a period of time and then all of a sudden it's just like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yep. And they fall out of habit. And they fall out of habit. It usually takes about seven days for them to be mm-hmm. completely out of habit. Now they have a new habit. It's called being lazy and they don't want to do anything.
1: Yep.
0: What What is the, I would say, not the recipe of success to never fall into that, But what would you recommend for, there's so many people that become so hyper-focused into training and transforming, and then they hit a wall where they're like, I'm going to take a day off. The day off turns into two, and then two two turns into four. Four turns into eight. You're like, oh, my God, now look, I've just missed an entire week of lifting. I'll start again on Monday. And then Monday turns into the next Monday. Now you're two weeks, and then you're two months.
1: The biggest thing that I could say, number one, is um, to hire a coach. Honestly, um, because of the accountability. If you find yourself struggling, you need to be accountable to somebody. And if you can't do it to yourself, then a lot of times it really helps to have some guidance, to have a lot of it um, presented before you and to just pull yourself up out of that. But the other thing is, is that when you say hyper-focused and then kind of falling off, you're talking about that all or nothing mentality. And when a lot of people have that, you know, um, attitude or the, that's their personality is they're all in or they're all out. And when you, hire some, when you hire a coach or you have something to be accountable for or like with what we do with B3 is that it needs to be something sustainable. People will, when I make their programs and they're like, you want me eating 1,700 calories? Anytime I've done another weight loss thing, they'll have me down at like 1,200 or 1300, and that is where you restrict, and you hyper-focus, and everybody wants to go like gung-ho, right out the gate, like I'm going to work out seven days a week, and I'm going to starve myself, and then all of a sudden, the weight starts coming off, and you're like, woohoo, I'm going to keep doing this, and then you are just so burned out that after two or three weeks, you're like, I'm done, and you decide not to work out for two weeks, and you eat all the donuts in the cabinet. And it's because you're so up on that mountain and then so down in that valley, you just can't sustain that yo yo. So, learning how to eat properly and still have some like an 80 20, have those really, really healthy things most of the time, but allow yourself a little bit of treats here and there. And that's why when weight loss happens and you're doing it correctly, it's really slow. But it's because you're living in the meantime and you're learning how to moderate. And that is most people's biggest problem, is not getting a grip on moderation. And that's why they'll see somebody who's fit and they'll be like, "That she can eat whatever she wants or he's in really good shape. He must have a really fast metabolism. You don't see what they're doing behind closed doors. You don't see what they're doing 90% of the time. You might see them out to dinner having Sushi and some alcohol, but they're probably doing that maybe once a month, not five times a week. So I think being accountable and then just trying to really learn the skill of moderation is what's going to make someone successful. But man, it's hard, which is why I think having guidance is super, super important. I don't think any of us are meant to do anything by ourselves. I don't, it's, relationships matter. And in our culture, social activities and events and holidays, all of that matters. I don't think you're supposed to, you know, go at it alone. I think you're supposed to have a tribe. You're supposed to have a team. You're supposed to have a coach. You're supposed to be accountable to somebody. So I think making sure that who you're surrounded with is also really supportive of your goals and you have a successful little network. And those are the people that you learn from, and that's your little circle. And I think that that helps make people successful.
0: You are talking about uh, groups forming your little tribe. Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a tribe of individuals that do not put themselves first. They, they're nurturers. They take care of everybody else. How do you change that tribe?
1: They're tough. They're very tough, Um, but a lot of times having a coach is what does it because at first, like, so I have a lot of, I'm just going to, it's usually moms, okay? It's usually the moms. I didn't want to say that. I know, it is. It's usually the moms. We're taking care of everybody else, and you got, you know, nine million things going on. Most women are working full-time, taking care of a house, And, you know, all the kids, and not that you gentlemen aren't wonderful and helping us out, but usually, I mean, moms are giving, giving, giving all day long. And so when I am working with moms, I am usually one of the first people. They don't hear you, (laughs) the husband. Um, Even if you guys try, it's it's not going to be heard as much coming from somebody else. But um, I'm usually one of the first people that is giving them permission to... Start taking care of themselves better. That says, this is all about you and it's okay. You need to focus on you because if you are not healthy, your kids aren't going to be healthy. If you can't get it together, they're not going to get it together. They're watching you. They're picking up on your habits. They're picking up on how you feel and what kind of activities you do and what kind of foods you eat. And if you want to be a good example for them, you have to put in the time to take care of you first. And I think having it come from another mom and somebody just saying that it's okay is a huge weight lifted almost off of their shoulders. And a lot of times I have to say it multiple times a week. But by the end, when they start seeing the changes in their attitude, their energy levels, their sleep patterns, their patience with the kids, um, Patience ability. with the husbands. Patience yeah. with the husbands. Yes, yes, yes. I think, I think everybody starts to notice that it's just a good thing all around for everybody. Right. So you know,
0: one of the biggest fears I could say of people wanting to get themselves healthy is thing calling soreness being being horrifically sore for a week. Mm-hmm. The lactic lactic acid buildup from not doing anything to doing something. And unfortunately everyone jumps into the sixteen foot part of the pool when it <laughs> right. starts working out. We'll work our way backwards instead of gradually tiptoeing into the pool. Yes. What do you recommend for that? Because some people are deathly afraid of it. Yeah. And then you got some sickles that are addicted to yeah. I I can't wait to feel sore again or yeah. change something up so I get the lactic acid feel. Yeah.
1: I get both both sides of the coin with that. Um I have clients like that right now I have somebody who um, only walks 800 steps a day that is you know has a lot of pain issues and is an older female and um, so her goals are a thousand steps a day and she does chair exercises and then I have athletes that are wanting to go to the gym seven days a week and I have to rein them in and say you need to trust me you are paying me as a coach to tell you what to do you're not recovering properly do you want to build muscle? Do you want to lose fat? Whatever your goal is, you need to train properly for it. And I have my over-trainers who are just doing garbage junk volume. They're going to the gym seven days a week and they're trying to lift seven days a week. If you can lift seven days a week, you're not recovering properly. You shouldn't be lifting that much. You need a rest day in between. Or a light day of where you're just walking or doing a Pilates or a yoga, but you can't lift seven days a week and expect to get um, your muscles recovered from that. So some people need to be reined in and other people need to be pushed a lot harder. But my people that are just starting out on their fitness journey, when I do their programming, they might be doing step-ups onto the stair. They might be standing up and down from their kitchen chair. They might be lifting soup cans over their head. To get them used to what it feels like to resistance train. If you are so sore that you can't move the next day, you overtrained and then you're not gonna recover properly. That is never the goal. Soreness is not a good indicator of a good workout. It's not.
0: What is it an indicator of?
1: A good indicator of a good workout is if you're having progressive overload. And that means that you are constantly, not constantly, but every, it might be every week, it might be every month, you are getting stronger, which means you are either lifting a heavier weight, doing more repetitions, um, using strategies like tempo and pauses, so more advanced techniques. But it's progressive overload. It's getting stronger. And so if somebody was doing lateral raises with five pounds for three weeks and then they went up to seven and a half pounds, that is progressive overload. Does that mean they're going to wake up sore the next day? No, they might not. But they went up in weight. That is progress. Being sore the next day does not mean you had a good workout. Feeling a burn is not an ef- does not mean you're having an effective workout. You can get a burn with a band. So people do all those b- booty band exercises because they feel the burn, but they're not actually lifting weight in order to hypertrophy the muscle.
0: So it's more of a psychological.
1: Well, and it's a it's a feel. You're going by feel, not right. by fact.
0: I gotta stop doing my booty burns, on you, <laughs> you, you gotta, gotta
1: stop with those booty burns. Just do some and hip all. thrusts and some Romanian right. deadlifts. I'm done doing booty burns.
0: <laughs> what is your go-to meal for the best nutrients?
1: Oh. Um I don't think there is one. Um but it's got to have some, you know, uh carbs, fats and protein in it. So do you have
0: a balance of like what a what a proper balanced pro- like 33% protein, 33% I
1: don't, but you want to get about that. You want to do um something that's, you know, about 30 to 40% um protein, 30 to 40% carb before with like a lower fat, 10 to 20% fat before a workout and after a workout. So people that train fasted, you still probably have some glycogen stores from the night before if you ate late and things like that. But really you want to train with food in your belly because you're going to burn it. And then afterwards you want to replenish that. So you want to have your carbs around your training to fuel your training. And you want to have protein so you're feeding your muscle. So... Really, it's all about balance. Um, But they do recommend, they've shown that with people that are training to spread out your protein um, anywhere from like 20 to 40 grams a couple of times a day, like every couple of hours. Um, That keeps um, for protein synthesis. But is there a a perfect macro split? No, because um, other than high protein, I always recommend that people have at least – the RDA is terrible. They recommend such low, low, low protein. I usually put people at about 1.8 grams per kilogram of body weight for their maintenance protein. And when you're cutting, you're actually gonna wanna be higher than that. You gotta look what that is right
0: now. Convergent, because. My...
1: Yeah, but when you're cutting, you wanna be higher than that. Yeah. You wanna be like, a, you wanna be a gram per pound because you wanna spare muscle as you're dropping body fat. So I still keep my clients on a relatively high protein diet. But your carb and your fat ratio can be played with. I have some people that have autoimmune issues, okay. um, two in particular, and they absolutely prefer high fat, low carb. And once they hit a certain carb threshold, they can tell that their autoimmune disease flares up. And really? if, yeah, we played with it for a couple of weeks, and it's like this they had a kind of a cutoff. And they had to stay lower carb and higher fat, and they felt like a million dollars. As soon as they got to a higher carb um, ratio, they felt like garbage. And that was some. That was one two people in particular. And then I have other people who really, really like their carbs and go lower fats. So you want to keep your fats 0.4 to 0.8 grams per kilogram for hormone health and for sleep. So everybody's... That's why there's this there's an art to it too. Yeah. And that's why getting to know people and having people check in and looking at body composition and especially their biofeedback. How do they feel? Right. Macros, your calories are going to determine whether or not you're gaining, losing, or maintaining. But your macros are going to determine how you feel. And everybody's different. So every carb-fat ratio, protein ratio is going to be different for everybody. So there is no perfect split.
0: It's in, so that meal right there is a uh, B3 meal. It,
1: Ooh, that what looks,
0: is it? Up. It's the chili. Is the, that the
1: rainbow chili? Oh, the buffalo chili. Ooh, the, the, buffalo buffalo chili. chili. I, the chili. My husband actually, I used to make my chili and then I made the rainbow chili yeah. and he actually prefers it. And it's got way more vegetables and it's, it's amazing. Way, yeah. It's Both so, chilies so are good.
0: amazing. So here's a little story that we have Chef D over there. <laughs> so when we were in our first phase, I believe the buffalo chick, she's laughing, the buffalo chicken was one of the meals. Yeah and so we had all pre- we had all prepared and so I Sarah had all mine with case cuz of course I was much larger uh, serving mm-hmm. she had hers with the S's, so I would always grab mine and I would eat it and it was like soup it was all liquid and there was like a little bit of chicken in there and I don't complain to the chef when she's making the meals right, right. I just I am thankful and right. I'm just grateful that she did it well we're at home on a saturday or friday night i came home from a travel trip And we're eating it. And I'm looking at hers. I'm like, why do you have so much meat in yours? She's like, well, this is what my serving is. I said, I never have any meat in mine. She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I always have like a little bit of chicken. I didn't realize that you're supposed to have that much chicken and the the chili. And she started to laugh. She goes, well, I was just weighing it. And it was the liquid weights. It was the liquid weight and not the chicken
1: weight. And not the chicken weight. So (laughs) I thought
0: it was like a soup. I thought it was like a buffalo soup. So i mean, it like a soup. So, it tasted yeah, good, but yeah. there was like minimal chicken in right. there. Then I look at Sarah's and literally there's like an entire chicken breast <laughs> in her chili. And I'm, she was
1: saving her uh, good stuff for her. I'm looking at him
0: just like a like a sad dog, like now Elaine here, just like, hmm.
1: That's probably, though, how she felt when she looked at you a lot of the times, though, because your portions were so much bigger. Oh, God. That's the thing with men and women, too. I got to say, women, you know, like... We're at a disadvantage already. Like, our basal metabolic rate is just lower yeah. usually than men. So we just don't require as many calories to, like, function. Yeah. And so our portion sizes are smaller. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. I have people, how come he can eat so much? I'm like, he's bigger than you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm three times the size.
1: You know? it just, it. I didn't make the rules. Right. I wouldn't have made it them that way. It is what it
0: is. So we have some questions. we're going oh, we're yeah. going to out some Let's questions. Do it. yeah, because we can just keep talking about this stuff forever and ever and ever. So here are the first set of questions. Let me go to where they're at. First question: If you had a very overweight friend, they are scared to fail and afraid to start, what would you tell them to uh, get them to start trying?
1: I would tell, I would give them as many tips and tricks as I could just, you know, to let them know. But everybody's afraid to start. And it can be very overwhelming and it could be a little bit nerve wracking. Um, And I do request that people take pictures and send me their scale weight. But I have had one or two people wait a week or two to do the pictures because it is, you know, very hard for people to do that so if it was a friend of mine I would tell them that I will I if if it is a matter of them getting healthy or being afraid to try I will do it however that they want to and I think that's one of the things that comes down to with custom coaching I'll start you however you want to like if you if if you don't want to go to the gym you don't have to go to the gym If you don't want to send me pictures right away, you don't have to send me pictures right away. It's like, let's get the ball rolling. Let's build our confidence a little. Let's just start with some really, really basics just so that you can see that you can do it because I promise everybody can do it. It's just getting started. And so if the fear was coming out of, you know, because you're, would it be because they were nervous to get started or nervous because it's me?
0: How about maybe I would say it's a, a feeling. You know, we, we're friends with some heavy people.
1: But you guys, like, were you guys scared Oh, I was petrified start? So because you, it was
0: new. It was new, and I thought I knew it based off of what I did in football. Yeah,
1: and a lot of people, that's the part of trusting me as a coach that I know what I'm doing, and I hope from a lot of people like you guys and whatever that have had good experiences that I will walk you through it. I will hold your hand. I will be there every step of the way. You will never be in the dark. I will always explain things. I will always, we could always set up a phone call, do emails, um, phone chats, anything like that to get you more confident. But I try to let people know that you are never going to wonder what you have to do it's going to be this blueprint and it's going to be right there and you're never going to wonder what you have to do it's a matter of execution and that is tough but I have people email me from the grocery store and text me from restaurants and that's totally fine I want to do that because I don't want anybody to have go to bed with anxiety I don't want anybody to not be sure about what they're supposed to be doing so I would say that just to take the plunge and get started. And I won't let you do it by yourself.
0: I'm gonna reword this question is how do you tell somebody that they're a bigger person that oh. we we need to you need to make a change because I want to see you grow old?
1: Yeah. Um I think that it depends on the circumstances. Like if it was a family, um, I'd usually try to, you can't make somebody change. It's just like with any. I don't want to say addiction but that's the best way to show it is that like you can't make someone stop drinking if they don't want to you can't make someone stop eating if they don't want to you can't force somebody to exercise if they don't want to internally there needs to be a need for a change and you you can't change anybody else but what you can do is exude all of your good habits around them so if you are around them You are the one that brings the healthy appetizer. You are the one that chooses not to drink alcohol. You are the one that asks them to go to the gym instead of to a restaurant. So I feel like you could be a positive influence in their life and you can tell them about the program. I could tell them about the program. What do you do? This is what I do. You know, maybe you should come to a class with me or I can – you can we can lift weights together, but I don't think you can force anybody to change because if they are doing it for reasons that aren't their own, they're they're not gonna be happy. They're just they're not gonna wanna commit. It is a commitment. It's not easy. But if you're not doing it because you want to, then I think it's gonna be a tough road. It's the will. It's gotta, the will. You gotta, you gotta, gotta have well. a will to change. Like I said, I could tell you everything. I could have told you all the things that I told you, but if you didn't execute them, it doesn't work.
0: Just the air coming out of your mouth.
1: Exactly. It is, oh, you have to do the work. There's no, there's no way around that. Yeah. So, and you can't force somebody to do the work. Right. So.
0: Awesome. Okay. Next question. I think this might be multiple. I mean, it's one question, but we can get probably some, a lot of answers
1: out of this. Okay.
0: How do you figure out your macros for your body type?
1: so body type doesn't matter so um it, it's like if you're talking about like endomorph ectomorph mesomorph, yes. that stuff doesn't matter so there is no there is no macro split for body type that's a myth okay so like mesomorph shouldn't eat this way what's it's a meso? Ectomorph- what what are those it's, it's whether you're top heavy bottom heavy just heavy it's all where, around it's yeah heavy. So it's, what am
0: i like a supermorph it's,
1: it's like where you hold your weight buddy. it's not funny
0: you're not supposed to laugh <laughs> this is a safe zone this is it's not bully zone. So, anyways, for your body
1: <laughs> type, it doesn't matter. It's just like blood type diets; those are those don't have any science behind them either. Um, so, how do you figure out your macros? Again, this is a art and a science that I do based on people's activity level, their biofeedback, their um, their height, their weight, their um, age, but you can go with. Some basics, which are your protein should be set at about 1.8 grams per kilogram. Your fat shouldn't ever drop below 0.4 grams per kilogram. but And then your carb, but it can go up to like 0.8. But your carb and your fat ratio can be changed. And your macros, your, your calories per day, you can start with your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure, and kind of work from there. Or you can go from your basal metabolic rate and work up from there. So your basal metabolic rate is what it takes to just wake up in the morning and have your organs function. Your total daily energy expenditure is how much you're moving and your activity levels. So based on those two things, you can figure out about how many calories you need per day and then set your macros according to your calories. Protein is 4 grams per calorie. Carbohydrates is 4 grams per calorie. And fat is 9 grams per calorie. So there's a lot of little math and science that goes in there, but you can um, use those um, two, equ- like the TDE and the BMR to get around about most like women that are athletic and moving around about you know average five six to five eight should be probably around the two thousand calorie range. That's just an example. And everybody's different. There's chronic right. dieters that are under eating. There's people that are way overeating. So that's the stuff I figure out based on all of that.
0: Hence getting a coach that's Hence getting a coach
1: and getting certified in nutrition. Yes, because it's not easy. Awesome.
0: <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I think we're, we literally cracked 1% of it after a whole year with you. <laughs> we got 99% to go. Two part question here. Yes. If you had to have a bar or a shake, Protein bar or shake, what would you have? And what is the kind of protein, a whey, uh, hemp would you choose?
1: I would absolutely choose protein shake. Protein shake is pure protein. So, whey isolate is your cheapest and your most studied. Um, if you can't tolerate whey, sometimes it can cause um, a little bit of gastric upset. You could try pea protein or egg white protein shakes. Um, but shakes are going to have. Um, they're just protein. It's like drinking egg whites. You know, it's just protein. Protein bars are glorified candy bars. There's a lot more calories. Shit.
0: I got a whole box of just. Well,
1: meat. they're great. I mean, they're great for on the go. They're I, not bad. I do, bad,
0: need, the cal- I do need the calories because it's supplement for me.
1: Absolutely, and they have um, yeah. they have uh, carbs. They have some fat yes. and they have some protein. However, it's all processed stuff. Like you're better off eating lean meat. But of course. Who doesn't want a cookie dough protein bar? So there's nothing wrong with them, but if you're making me choose between one, um, whey protein isolate is just pure protein. It's like the Pride Nutrition, 104 calories for 25 grams of protein. Bam. You got a Quest bar, you're talking 200 calories, tons and tons of um, like artificial sweetener. There's a bunch of stuff in there. And then, you know, 21 grams of protein, 21 grams of carbs, and some fats. It depends on your macros. Nothing's bad. Nothing's good. But if you're going for something and then you got liquid calories versus eating, I would rather eat my calories, right? Mm -hmm. So I would stir in my whey protein into some yogurt. That's how I would do it. Um, But neither one is bad or good. But if you want to go with something that's a little bit more pure and less processed, it would be the the shake.
0: Awesome. Next question. High protein meals equal some other problems. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, fiber supplements do you recommend that
1: okay so, so i'm guessing i'm guessing with high protein
0: meals we're you know, talking a bit about of some
1: gastric distress yes yeah, a little yes. blockage so here's the thing is most people when they start my program do have some issues with constipation and being a little backed up and that is very normal and usually it's becoming because people are eating relatively low fiber and i switch them to normal amounts of fiber and their system goes what So your strawberries, your blueberries, your oatmeal, those are all really high in fiber. And you're switching from things that are more dense, other fruits like apples, things that don't have as much. And that can stop you up a bit. Number one, some people that are stopped up are having too much fiber. They don't need fiber supplements. They need to actually lower their fiber. And other people need more fiber. So you have to track what your fiber is to find out whether you need more or less women usually need around like 20 grams 25 the guys are a little bit higher than that 25 30 so you need to track what you're having and the other thing is your water you need to be having enough water nothing is going to move that fiber through your system if you are not drinking enough water so you don't want to take fiber without water or it just gets stuck
0: what's the water a day is that based off of body size?
1: It, it can be. Um, For bigger guys, I usually just do a gallon because over that is just, I mean, you're getting silly. Um, but at least about your weight, half your weight in ounces is what I recommend for people. Um, you also want to go crazy by the color of your urine. If it's relatively clear, you're good. You're hydrated. Yeah. You're all good. If it's, you know really bright yellow you are not hydrated so you don't have to be overly crazy about it but that's an easy way to tell but i usually recommend people do have their weight in ounces
0: awesome next question i've got a couple from this individual they're pretty good they got me pretty cracked up when they asked me what movie motivates you the most
1: what movie Oh my gosh, this yeah. is a good one. I was not well, expecting So, this. this
0: person asked me this question and I lost. I was like, I was a mess for the rest of the podcast. I was just an emotional train wreck.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. We might have to <laughs> come back to that nope. one. We're doing that one right now because okay, what...
0: someone else asked me a question. I got to find it uh, in this list of messages.
1: Of... What movie motivates me the most? Yes. I would have to say that I am a sucker for um, like athlete movies like Cinderella Man. I love that movie. Have you ever seen that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I can't. I'm a Rocky Four fan. You know that's always a good one. Um, right now, I am watching Friday Night Lights. I know it's not a movie, but you guys did you guys watch TV the, the, TV the TV show? I can't do the TV show.
0: A friend, a good friend of mine, Jack. He told me about I'm watching it. it
1: for the third time. I and just love it.
0: It's like 90210 of oh, it is, football. Oh, it's garbage. It's Texas
1: football. I'm, it's Kyle, not. Get it's drama. It,
0: Nothing like that ever happened in football. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Ever. I had to beg girls to talk to me. No one. They just didn't show up and be like, hey. You
1: didn't have a rally, girl? <laughs> <laughs>
0: they had a rally because they thought I was like a, <laughs> look at this poor guy. <laughs> oh, that's
1: funny. Yeah, I would say I'm, I am re- I do like the, the feel good, you know, movies like that.
0: Why Cinderella, man?
1: Oh, my gosh. Russell Crowe and the boxing and come on. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that one did it for me. That one was that was a tough one to watch. That I don't know why. One. Where were I hit? I just lost it. She's gonna kill me because she wrote it, and I don't know where it, what where it filed off to. I think it had it was something to do with like the best multivitamin to take.
1: Again, I use Pride Nutrition multivitamin, and the reason I do this, my coach got me yeah. started on Pride Nutrition about three or four years ago. I tend to get nauseous and feel like I'm going to vomit when I take vitamins. I mean, they hit my stomach like a ton of bricks. Really? And, oh, yeah. I mean, like, have to sit down, like, take a couple deep breaths and try not to lose it. Um, really hits my stomach hard. And these don't. So that is the reason that I've stuck with them is because they don't upstep my stomach. And that's why I take their fish oils, too, because I don't get fish burps from them because those are gross
0: yeah fish burps, are... fish
1: burps are gross so the pride efas don't give me fish burps so i've um once i find something that works for me yeah i really i don't play around um so that's what i stuck with um and trust me i've tried i've tried a lot over the really? years yeah
0: could you get the how much fish do you gotta eat to to be the comparable to a uh a, a fish oil pill?
1: that would be a good question i have no idea
0: Really okay. <laughs> I
1: don't have the answer to that one, I don't
0: know really, and the fish oil, and that's for your that's for good fat we did we started to talk about that, but yep. what's the reasons behind the fish yeah,
1: oil? yeah, it is for good fat um your and it's for the fatty acids um your amino acids, it's for your heart health, so yeah. a lot of times people are not getting enough of that through diet
0: now there's another heart health vitamin I take it's the co 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 ten yeah. What's your thoughts on I that? I don't
1: know a ton about it, but from what I understand, it's, I don't know if it's a hundred percent necessary. Again, very supplemental. Um, I don't know a ton of research on that.
0: This person going to kill me. I, she wrote me a question and I don't know what folder it's under. And I'm like, literally my thumbs can't move fast. And I'm trying to find it. I think it was about the multivitamin and, um. Yeah, I don't have it, so
1: I apologize. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of them. You just have to really compare labels and see how much of everything is in there. Right. But if you have a multivitamin, again, it's a supplement. It's more of a covering your bases thing. And if you're eating a really healthy diet, there's a really good chance you probably don't even need it. Yeah. So I wouldn't get too too much into it, especially if it's something that your body tolerates. Like it doesn't make you feel yucky, then go ahead and keep taking it.
0: We. This is my question, yeah. and I think this would be good for everybody listening because majority of the listeners are in the Midwest. Yeah. We have this thing coming up called winter.
1: <laughs> oh, don't and, remind me.
0: And, and winter is usually the time people shut in and yeah. they don't go outside. Mm-hmm. What type of outside exercises reg- uh, that people can do or getting outside during the winter months to get their steps? Because how many times have you heard people during mm-hmm. their – during a, a cutting phase with you, they do a 12-week program for, for a, fat, a fat loss. you got to get 10,000 steps. Well, I can't go outside. It's snowing out. Well, that's a bunch of mark. You just throw on some boots. That's, my, that would yeah. I, that's what I would say. But this is a, probably a common question. It is. is well, how am I going to get 10,000 steps when it's 15 degrees out? It's not safe to walk. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I, there's a lot of options. Um, you can do a lap around Costco. That's going to give you a ton of steps so it's awesome I yeah laps around costco um <laughs> and not also, sample any of the food and dollars. not yeah You're right and keep walk. Your, yeah put your hands in your pockets. And how then, big is the
0: lap around costco somebody
1: able... told me it's like a half a mile or something i think like like it's like if
0: you walk the perimeter
1: yeah i just had a client actually tell me she was going to do let somebody you do i'm not a member i can't go there it's like it's it's Anxiety-producing. That place is crazy. Do you, do you go to the
0: other one? Do you go to? No, Sam's Club? I don't
1: go to Costco. I, I joined it one time. Like Sam's I can't Club handle it. No, or any of
0: those giant ones. No, 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 no. no. See, I'm in grocery now.
1: delivery, my friend. It I all feel, comes to the house. I save myself some time. I
0: am so surgical when I go there.
1: Oh
0: yeah. because there's there's different types of people. You have the zombie walkers. Oh yeah. That literally, they lean on the cart like the cart's motorized, and yeah. so, as soon as they're about to fall forward, they'll pick up their feet move forward. I can't. Again. I
1: can't. I can't handle it. They go
0: no. one mile per hour. No. Then you have the ones that literally stand in the middle of the aisle with a cart full of just nonsense. Like, yeah. literally, you don't need 18 tubes of toothpaste, honey. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, nope.
1: I can't do it. I can't, can't do, do it. it. Nope. But it is good for people that go there. If you can get some time, like, go shopping, do some laps. Do some extra laps with your cart. Also, check your local park district. In Orland, the walking track is free. You don't even have to be a Orland member. Park. Orland, park Orland Park Sportsplex. Park. Okay. The walking track is free. Really? So people go, you can go upstairs if you are an Orland Park resident and you can walk the track for free. The mall, you can walk the mall for free. So yes, you do have to leave your house to get there. Uh, But the other thing is, is look on Facebook Marketplace, people. I just found a $75 fold-up treadmill that looks like it's never been used. It folds up. So even if you don't have a lot of room, you just pull it down for when you need to get your steps in, you fold it back up. There's some more expensive options out there, obviously. Um, The Treadly is one, um, like some Instagrammers, people people like to use. It is, there's no um, stands. It's just, it looks like a dog bed. It's like just a long treadmill and it has, yeah, and it just slides under your bed so that you can just pull it out and walk. There's just no handles on it. Um, They have desk treadmills. They have really small (laughs) little bikes that, I mean, are like super tiny. I have one. I got it off Facebook Marketplace for $30. It is smaller than that table, and I have it downstairs. So there's so many options, and online, you know, offer up and things like that. People are giving away exercise equipment for free. Um, It's everywhere, especially cardio equipment, because if it's big and it's bulky, people don't want it. Um, you usually just got to find a way to get it out of their house, you know? So um, if you have a basement, even if there's nothing down there, we have our phones, you know, watch some Netflix, get downstairs on the treadmill, wake up a little bit earlier and do that. So winter is coming. Make a plan.
0: Awesome. Okay, here's uh, another one. What is the biggest myth you've heard about losing weight and what's the truth behind that biggest myth?
1: Biggest myth I've heard about losing weight is probably starvation mode.
0: The fasting.
1: Um, that's intermittent fasting. That's another one. But, um, that's a, that's a technique, I would say. Starvation mode, um, people are saying that it's like this metabolic thing. Like, I don't eat enough, so my body is holding on to fat because I'm in starvation mode. That is completely false. If you are not eating enough, you will be in a calorie deficit. You will drop weight. That is just a scientific fact. Your body does not hold on to fat. If you are under eating you are going to lose weight. So most people that think that they're not eating enough are not eating during the day. They feel like they're not eating a lot. And they're either binging at night or binging on weekends to make up for those calories that they're kind of starving themselves during the day for. But there is no such thing as starvation mode. Or people that don't have access to food would not be starving. You know what I mean? Like people oh, yeah. would not be yeah. there would be no one dying from starvation right. if there was right. such a thing as starvation mode. You would they would be hanging right. on to their fat. They're not yeah. because it's not a thing. So That's... I don't know where it came from, but it's nonsense.
0: No, you you touched on working out in the morning without food in your belly. Mm-hmm. And you have no uh glycogen stores. What what do you run on then if you do an AM workout without food? I've never done an AM you, workout without food. And
1: I have before um, when I was in prep and stuff because I had no other time. I would have to wake up at 4 o'clock and do it. You're, you still have glycogen from the night before, from your meals from the previous day, from your dinner. Um, it's not as much though. Okay. So you want to replenish your glycogen stores by eating carbs before you right. work out. Um, but training fasted, it's not a terrible way to train. It's just not optimal.
0: Okay. Awesome. Next question is if you only had time to do one or two exercises a day, which two would you do?
1: Are these for me? What exercises would I do?
0: This is for Jill. And then this is for John Doe. Uh, For
1: Jill, for me, because I am a bikini athlete. I would do lateral delt raises and I would do RDLs.
0: Lateral delt raises. I would do
1: lateral raises. And lateral shoulder and to raises. Get your
0: because that's what you said the bikini Correct, look for. Correct, because
1: the, the cap's on the shoulders. And then I would do RDLs because it is one of the best hypertrophy moves for your glutes.
0: And your abs too. It's insane.
1: It is tough on abs, yes. But it is majorly a glute um, exercise. So those are the two I would pick for me. Um that's a loaded question because it would depend on somebody's goals. So I have, there is no perfect exercise. It depends on your goals. So me for my goals, I would do one shoulder, one glute if I only had two exercises to pick. So I don't know what that person's goal is. Is it fat loss? I would have them do a compound movement that burns a lot of calories. Do they want to bring up, do they want to grow their booty? I would give them a booty exercise. So I don't think um, I can answer that efficiently without knowing more.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Those were the questions.
1: That was fun. Yeah. Yay. I love it.
0: So you have a a competition coming up in next summer. That's the goal.
1: I do. That is the goal. Um, I have to compete locally uh, to qualify, and then I will move on to a national show. So I haven't discussed all of the details yet with my coach, but most likely I will be starting prep in April. And then I will compete a few weeks earlier than nationals, like the beginning of July. Um, There is a show that I did here before called the Chicago Pro, and that's July 4th weekend. And then two weeks later in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there is the Masters Nationals show. And so um, I did not do that last year. I was supposed to, but it got canceled and moved and COVID and all that. So um, that is the plan.
0: Do you have, and you're prepped for that. How long is the time?
1: It's 16 weeks. A
0: 16 week and more or less it's a 16 week cut.
1: Deficit, yes.
0: And then there's no more build.
1: No, everything that I am, I will not build any muscle because I will be in a deficit. I am too, I've been lifting for too long and I am too advanced to grow muscle in a deficit. So I will not be growing muscle. I will be sparing muscle. So I will be training probably five to six days a week lifting weights. And that is to spare the muscle that I am creating now as I'm dieting down. Because when you lose and you get really, really lean, you tend to start losing muscle also. Right. And I don't want to do that, obviously. So that is why it's a slow go. I take 16 weeks to lose 10 to 12 pounds.
0: But what's that percentage for you? That's what, like 15%?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a decent amount. Um, it's a lot, but it's a slow, it's a half a pound to a pound a week. Some weeks it's nothing. Really? Yeah. And, but my composition is changing all the time also. And I, it's, it's an extreme sport and it's an extreme diet, um, which is why it's, uh, not sustainable in the long run. But for me, it's a challenge. It's something that I like to do. Um, we're going to see, uh, you know, I did, I got third at nationals with a broken toe toe last year in the middle of COVID after prepping twice. So we're gonna pray that maybe things go a little smoother this year, and we'll see what I can. No get.
0: broken toes. No,
1: it's still not a hundred percent. Really? Yeah. When I'm like in like my vans, like doing deadlifts and stuff, I get little twinges. It sucks. It's been uh, a year. Yep. Wow. Yep.
0: Give me a uh, B three success story. You, you post some regularly on on the B three Instagram page and the B three Facebook page, B three Fitness. Yep. And uh, talk one out. Give me give me a uh, a success story of. Just give me two success stories. I'll
1: give you, I'll give you two. One is a weight loss. Um, I have a client that is now in her, starting her round three with me. Awesome. So she's been with me for quite a long time and she's, gosh, I want to say lost over 50 pounds. Um, we're going to be in, out of the 200 club really, really soon. And that's really exciting. But the cool thing is, is she got rid of a lot of her clothing and she bought all new sizes and she is making some of her own menus and her check-ins are different like her attitudes different like her per- you can just tell she's so much happier and she's so much more confident and she's doing a lot of substituting and changing things up and still having success so her flexibility's gotten better so it's just so awesome to see somebody really start getting the hang of it and really enjoying it and not seeing it as a diet or as restrictive or as something, you know, like where the end result is what they're going for. It's just the process. It's like they're just enjoying it and they keep getting results and it's so awesome and they're just happy. So I would say she is, um, she just checked in the other day. So that is why that sticks out. I love it when, uh, I love it when people are just really getting confident. And then I have another one that I am doing um, a build with, um, just putting on some healthy weight and doing it in a way where we are eating really good food and it's more of a we're tweaking things to be optimal and her body is responding fantastic and she is more confident with how she looks, even though her weight hasn't changed that much. She's eating more. She's training harder. She looks fit. She looks strong. And her weight hasn't really changed all that much. Um, she's gone up like a pound or two, but it's a good pound or two. So it's more of a maintenance um, building program, but really getting optimal nutrition and feeling so much better, sleeping better, working out harder, lifting more. Like I just like when it overflows into not just the making good choices but how people are feeling so that's always that's always uh, very motivating for me as a coach
0: when would you recommend someone to do a build if they're underweight or if no. they're looking to
1: no um I don't you you would probably want to be within you know 10 15 pounds of your goal weight um or where you want to be because people can build muscle at maintenance you can it's just slower. So if somebody has more fat to lose, I wouldn't put them in a surplus. I would have them be very meticulous about their progressive overload, eating at maintenance. If somebody was relatively lean, at a goal weight, healthy, all their blood work came back normal, and they wanted to do a build, I would put them in a probably a 5% surplus uh, to start. I have some hard gainers that I've had to do 10% with, but usually it's about a 5%. 5% for some people is like 200 calories extra. That's it. We're talking like an extra apple or banana or an extra granola bar. We're not talking like, you know, a Happy Meal and a Whopper from McDonald's. So people's bulking um, can, you know, like gets a little, they're giving themselves permissions to eat like an a-hole. Versus five
0: percent for me—that's 177 extra calories, 178 extra calories a day. A day. So
1: if you think about that over the course of the week, that's what 1,400 calories or so, 1,300 calories,
0: 1,300 calories
1: a week. That's it. That would be...
0: 177 a day. That—that's literally one extra protein bar. Correct. It's not even a a protein bar is 240 calories, and
1: that's it. And that means not taking licks, bites, and tastes, or having any extras or off-track meals. We're just talking about that's a surplus and that is the proper way to build if you want to do it with putting on minimal fat. When people, (laughs) you know, when some people are like, oh, I'm in a bulking phase and they're like 50 pounds heavier. No, you're not. You're just eating too much. That's not the proper way to put on muscle. You put on too much fat with the muscle, which is why it's got to be slow, which is why for someone like me, it's a pound a month that I'm gaining. And so it's been a year since I competed and I'm about like 13 pounds over my stage weight, which is about a pound a month.
0: That And is that what you were before? Like before you were... Uh... Right now,
1: like right now I weigh around 132. Okay. And I was, um, when I first started my journey, I was 136. And then every time after I've done a competition and taken some time off, I'm usually around 130. So my body is like 130 is kind of where I'm at. But my shape has changed. Right. And that's from training. But I probably, in order to put on more muscle... I need to continue until April to do a build and probably put on another pound a month, November, December, January, February, March. So I might need to gain another five to put on maybe a pound or two of muscle for my show. I'm hoping insane. to walk on stage at like 120.
0: That's my dumbbell I We'll weight.
1: see. <laughs> I know. You could do, yeah. We'll have to pounds. do that. We're going to have to do that before my competition. Yeah, you can do just a- do an overhead press with me. <laughs> it's perfect. I love That's
0: it. Insane. That'll be a so good one. So you- all right, so this is going to wrap this up because I, yep. I there's something there's another component to B three that we don't talk about, and it's you actually have a personal training side. in the gym. Yes, and it's a very intimate setting mm-hmm. where there are some individuals they just don't like to work out with other people. Yes, and I get it. It's very intimidating where you have somebody your size. Mm-hmm. Not, well, I mean, you've been in the gym yeah. forever, but somebody that's oh, yeah. brand new your size. This is next to me in a rack and I have the 120 pound dumbbells (laughs) and this little tiny petite girl has the five pound dumbbells and I'm trying not to look like a meathead because I have to carry these weight, but Mm -hmm. it's intimidating. Yes. It's very, very intimidating. Yes. And I do not look approachable at the gym, but I'm a teddy bear. Right. And then we have this little tiny petite girl that's going to start lifting weights and she's so turned off the fact that I look like a gorilla. You offer that intimate one-on-one yes at b3 we we'll talk a little bit about that
1: um so i have a gym in my basement it's not big um it is intimate but i have we have everything we need there to learn how to lift so i have had people that have never touched a weight before down there and then i've had you know my athletes that are i just had one of a girlfriend of mine that is a high level athlete that was you know deadlifting 260 you know so there, it doesn't matter what fitness level you are. I base your, um, your program off of where you're at. So if you've never done anything before, I will show you. And it's just me and you, there's only one on one person down there. So it's just only ever me and another client. And, um, it's right inside my house downstairs. So I do that. I also do zoom training too. So if you're it's not it's
0: brand new as well. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I did it for a while back during COVID times, okay. but, um, I, all you need is dumbbells. And if you don't have dumbbells, you can use water gallons, fill them up halfway, fabric softener bottles, soup cans, um, a backpack with some books in it. So it doesn't matter. You just need some weight. And so I will work out with you. I will tell you what to do. So maybe we're going to do some sumo squats, put your backpack on, hold a water jug, and I will do it with you and show you how to do it. And then if you choose, you don't have to. I have some people that don't want their video on. They just want to work out. Other people leave their video on, I can critique your form. I will look and be like, okay, Sarah, like turn your knees out a little bit more, get down a little bit lower. So it's like personal training with me, but in the comfort of your own home. It's awesome. So there's options for people. I also do one-on-one Zoom training. So mm-hmm. I have a client that I've been seeing for over a year and we do um, a Zoom training, just me and her. She's in her, um, she has a gym in her house and I, but I devise the plan And I tell her what to do. And then I can also correct form. So there's definitely um, opportunities to improve your weightlifting technique that you could either come to my house or we can do it online. So lots of opportunities.
0: I think Maggie's just coming home right now. Look at the ring. Thank God for the ring. It's the camera. There you go. Yes. So you have that. The other component that you have is that what we're familiar with is for fat loss. Mm -hmm. Sarah and I are familiar. You're almost like a cult celebrity in our (laughs) circle because everybody knows Coach Jill. (laughs) It's awesome. I love it. But you talked about the bulking side of it where you have people that want to put on weight. Yeah. Okay. And then you also create a plan for people that want to get a little bigger, stronger. Yep. And it's sort of the opposite approach of The Cut.
1: It is. And then also for people that want to maintain. I have a lot of people that want some guidance and accountability. Like over the holidays, how do I navigate a party? How do I fit in alcohol and not gain? Just trying to hold steady because that is really tough as well. So I do all three of those programs. I also work with kids. And that's something that I don't know if a lot of people know. Um, I I've done, just learned that right now. Yeah, I've done um, quite a few build programs for children that are in sports and that are trying to put on healthy weight. I have a couple of transformations. Um, I have a, a guy who was like 16. He put on uh, over 10 pounds in three months. Um, but it was it was he looked legit. Legit. I'll yeah. I'll send it to you. Um, with practically no body fat. It was almost all muscle, you know, cause those young ones, they can do that. Um, and learn how to lift. So I had, um, two athletes. I had two, um, real national level swimmers come to the house that were kids and they weight trained with me. Um, I've also had some, um, people that have had eating disorders, like, you know, full blown trying to learn how to navigate food again, put on healthy weight. Um, so, kind of run the gamut so if there's anything going on that has to do with a relationship yeah. with food um, I pretty much you know will see it
0: with the training part of it you're also have your doctorate in physical therapy right they say that right yes so that is another component that is pretty much unheard of of having a, a DPT yes on top of a, a, a trainer, a certified nutritionist.
1: Nutrition specialist, yes. A
0: nutrition specialist, mm-hmm. and then as well as a, a fitness competitor. Yeah. So you know, for instance, like, uh, where were we at? Like phase two, I had a ruptured bicep. Well, the other biceps are again, tendonitis yeah. into it. And <laughs> and that was a huge compliment that the, what I was, you know, I was training with you under your plan, but you knew right. exactly what to do because you – Or have your doctor in physical therapy.
1: Right, yeah. I do get a lot of people that, you know, I have some clients that have knee replacements or somebody that's got a herniated disc or somebody with a meniscal tear or hardware in their ankle. So I'm very well um, trained to work around Mm -hmm. all various types of injuries because those injuries should not keep you from training. They should be, your training should be modified, but it shouldn't make you not train.
0: The last thing that I want to talk to you about, this is it. I promise... Is that you are starting a new challenge for the holidays? I am. So I, I pay attention. I am. I listen, very I, good guys. Yeah. Listen.
1: So this is for previous clients only. Okay. It is so only a, clients let's that have. Listen up. Yeah, this is only for <laughs> clients that have done the B3 Fitness program before. I only do twelve-week programs for new clients. There is just too much information. There's too much to learn, and it is not a challenge it is not an end result thing they need to learn healthy habits and a healthy lifestyle so first-time clients are only 12 weeks I've had a lot of people ask me to do less and I won't do it um you can't
0: make any change I mean I'm not you certified in make, any no of this. you can't make you can't make any change mentally no, or physically in no, six weeks and
1: there's just too much to learn so right. I have never compromised on that and I won't Um, so all new clients are 12 weeks now for some of my clients that have been with me a long time and they've been living the maintenance life and they want to get in and get out of a cut, which I'm all for. Um, then I'll do some shorter programs like six week programs. I have never done this short of a program, so this is a little, um, off for me. I don't want to compromise my programming and what I believe in. Um, but I also thought for people that are experienced that know, what they're doing, I'm going to be, if, if I don't think somebody should do this, I'm going to tell them straight out that I'm not going to let them sign up for it. Um, it is a 28-day challenge. It is to keep people on track. It is a fat loss challenge that is going to go from the day after Thanksgiving till the 23rd of Christmas. So again, it is the shortest um, challenge that I've ever done because I don't want anybody to do anything unhealthy. I don't want anybody to um, employ any sort of unhealthy habits or, you know, not follow the program that I give them. So the the um, premise is the same. I put them in a calorie deficit. I'm going to make their menus for 28 days. We're going to do actually two check-ins per week so I can kind of see where people are. And whoever has the most percentage of fat loss in those 28 days is going to win a free six-week program of their choice, whether it be a cut, a maintenance, or a build for 2022. So I've never done anything like that before, but I know there's a lot of clients in the group that they don't need another 12 week round. Um, Maybe a six to eight would be okay. And then other people just want to get in and get out like for an event or for a holiday party or they got a certain dress they want to fit into. Um, That that amount of time would be good if somebody just has those last few pounds to lose. So that's it. So it's just another idea just to, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's so will it we, for. So would
0: we be appropriate candidates for a six-week challenge?
1: Absolutely. So I,
0: I don't plan on jumping full into another 12 until middle of March.
1: But, and here's the thing too, is I recommend that people do one to two cuts a year, honestly. Um, because even if you have a long journey, it's still a journey, and you don't want to subject your body to chronic dieting. So I really recommend that people do one or two a year and, um, of like a chunk of time. And so six weeks would be great. Get in, get out. And then you can always do another six weeks later in the year, but 12 is a long time to diet. You know, it's a long time to be super restricted. You don't want to have metabolic adaptations. So, um, but it's also, it depends on how much weight we have to lose. So everybody's is different. Um, but um, you guys have been doing maintenance for quite some time now, so which mm-hmm. is awesome. But I'm very – I really am pretty strict with people about, like, I'm not going to let you diet again. Um, right. A lot of coaches just aren't like that. They'll just like, okay, keep going, keep going. But I usually – that's why I'm going to be real selective. If there's somebody that wants to do this challenge that I don't think is appropriate, I'm going to let them know.
0: Okay. So. Awesome. Where are they going to find you on social media? What's all the handles and dot com? Let's
1: see if I got them all. So B3 Fitness is on um, Facebook. You can go like the business page. There's a lot of transformations up there. And then I am at Jill B3 Fit on Instagram. And I put a lot of educational info in my stories. If I repost somebody, it's because they're a good follow. So whoever I repost on there, go follow them because they have good – content and a lot of them are very science based. They're not your, you know, Instagram models, peddling supplements. So make sure whatever I'm uh, posting that you follow along with those people too. Cause it's usually, they're really good. Um, they are, have really good content. Um, and then that's it.
0: There is one that you and I follow her too. She's out of Las Vegas. She has some really good slides. That Probably
1: she Juan Juan D Wellness. Hold on, let me see. It. She's That's, very good.
0: I absolutely love that. Uh, yes,
1: yeah. yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew he was gonna like those. That that one,
0: I re- yeah, amazing. She's excellent. Absolutely amazing. Yes. and I'm.
1: I feel like she. I and I always try and give her credit for all of her slides and tell people to follow her because I feel like she's doing my work for me. Like her, like she is my wavelength.
0: She it, it, is exactly,
1: exactly she's so right on. The gym yeah. nurse, Shannon Collins is also another gym one. Nurse. She's we very big on reverse dieting and not chronically dieting. Um Lori Fit Life is a good one. Um Biolane. Um, I don't follow
0: the gym nurse. Yeah. You follow the gym nurse?
1: Guys, uh, follow Australian Strength Coach. He does a lot of like deadlift and squat tutorials. He's excellent.
0: Australian.
1: Biolane.
0: Well, let me look that one up. Um, Australian. Luke Tullock
1: is an excellent um, PhD in nutrition. Mark Carroll is an Austra- Australian oh, trainer. Oh, you go way too
0: hard. My fat thumbs only go.
1: Lauren Simpson, for all you ladies out there, she does a lot of tutorials. She is a, what, a, a bikini champ in the WBFF.
0: This guy here, Australian strength coach.
1: That's, yes, yes, lots of tutorials. Kay. He's also funny as hell.
0: Following that one. What was the other one? My feeble mind. Uh,
1: Biolane. B-I-O-L-A-Y-N-E, Lane Norton. He is a um, no-nonsense science guy when it comes to nutrition and training. Amazing. Yeah. So if you follow my Instagram and follow my stories, I repost all these people. Go follow them too because they are legit sources of information. You'll learn a lot.
0: All right. I did. I just got three more. Yeah? Joe, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. uh, this hour, 42 minutes, felt like it was like 42 minutes. Flew by. So it did. So follow Coach Jill, B3 Fitness. If you have any questions, reach out to her, yeah. reach out to me. If you feel like, hey, let me talk to you before I talk to Coach Jill, talk to me because I've it's proven. It's a science-based program. It's proven it's not a fad you're not going to be drinking fluids or <laughs> yeah. it's it's legit you learn how to eat you learn how to to become uh sustainable for life yeah that's the best way of saying it. it's a sustainability and it, it doesn't happen overnight it's hard okay yep. the hardest part it's not working out from and i'm going to say this in my view it's not working out. It's not getting your steps in because everyone can move around. Mm-hmm. It's being accountable and it's answering the inner voice of saying, you know, no, yep. I'm not doing that. Yep. I'm, I'm do, I have to do it this way. Yep. And you take the little battles, the little tiny wins, they all add up. And every win, worry about now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. Win the day. Win the day. Do you win finish David Goggins' book?
1: I did. It was excellent. Yes. Yes. He excellent. just had a
0: surgery on his leg. He just did a new post and I, I forwarded it to we watched it last night. He had some like big scar. He's got a hematoma on his leg. And... Oh
1: that guy's gotta be falling apart. I mean, seriously. But yeah, yeah that was an excellent book. It was excellent. Amazing. Absolutely yep. amazing.
0: Cool. All right. Well you rock on. Thank you, Coach Jill. Follow Thank Coach you. Jill and we will talk to you soon. That's a wrap with Coach Jill of B three fitness. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Inspirated Podcast. we got a series of great guests coming up over the next 12 weeks into the new year until 2022. We're going to have a lot of fun talking into the Mr. and Mrs. Robert and Amy Parsons microphones. The reason why I bring them up is because they are show contributors. They believe in the Inspirated mission and our message of encouraging, inspiring, and motivating They made a contribution to unspray.com. Thank you so much to Mr. and Mrs. Robert and Amy Parsons for being a show contributor. We'll talk to everybody soon. You have a great week.